0: I think you're accustomed to me bringing warm, fuzzy things. I like talking about trees and bunnies and stuff. Today isn't quite that type of situation, so I just would like to have everyone bow our heads. Father, the message that I'm bringing today is not one that I would plan to bring, and I ask that you give me the strength and that you open the hearts of those here so everyone will be blessed through your name. Amen. Okay, so what I came to talk to you about today is the end of the world. Now, I think we don't talk about it a lot here in, you know, in, in congregation, but we see it everywhere in the, in the news. You turn on the news, first thing you see is an earthquake. The next thing you see is a flood. The next thing you see is Canada on fire. Then you see someone being stabbed a couple towns over, another accident, someone being shot, Isis coming into the situation, we have, our world is going crazy, okay? And so the Bible talks about um, the end of the world being like giving birth, and I think that's very true. There's a woman that I work with right now. She's due in 12 days. She's excited. She has a little baby girl coming. She is scared to death, okay? She isn't even thinking about that baby just yet. She's just thinking about getting through this passage. And I think that's some place that we tend to be a lot of times when it comes to talking about the end of the world. It's the same thing if we say we go to school and we study and we do all kinds of research and we work hard and we finally get our resume together and then we apply for a job and we bite our nails down to the bone, you know, because we don't know what it's going to be like. We anticipate it will be a good thing, but we're still scared. We don't know what's going to happen. And same thing with death. Okay, we don't know, we're told that, you know, all who sin die, and so we anticipate, we think about it, we don't know what to expect. We're afraid that we're going to suffer, we don't want to have pain, we don't want to hurt, but we want to get to the other side. Every one of those things brings joy in the end. Okay, in the same way, the end of the world is for a reason. God's coming to cleanse the earth. He's coming to find out who is really his. We can all say, yeah, yeah, we trust in you, we love you, we praise you, but when you know what hits the fan, are we going to be standing? And that's what he's finding out. So all these things, I was listening to the songs today in particular, and it was amazing me that we're praying, bring your fire, okay? He said he's sending fire and hail mixed with blood, okay? Um, We say, bring your fire. We say, bring your wind, and there will be release of wind. There will be earthquakes. There's a lot of things that will be happening. But I'd like to get into some some of the verses that come in the Bible. And um, one of the things that I found very interesting is our time is considered very similar to the times of Noah and of Lot. What was going on at those times? People were all into partying, having a good time enjoying themselves thinking about themselves now I I was thinking about narcissism and and thinking of yourself and the first thing that came into my mind was selfies okay I mean let's face it when did that come out not long ago and everybody you see all all things on the news everybody's got a selfie stick you know so all countries people are about themselves people are about having a good old time Um, said that knowledge will increase. I mean, there's things that are going on now, people running to and fro. We, we're going places we've never been before. We have trains that are traveling faster than anybody could imagine. Uh, people are driving down 295 at 100 instead of 80. Um, we're just running around. Knowledge has increased so much that just a few years ago you could work on your own vehicle and now you can't because it has a brain. Everything comes in, in the form of a microchip. Okay? So many things are so intense that we just... It, it's beyond our understanding. Okay? But in the days of Lot and the days of Noah, people were having a good time for themselves. And they weren't thinking about God. Everybody was too busy thinking about themselves. And it reminds me of a verse... Let me see. In Timothy. This is 2 Timothy 3-5... through 5. And he said, but mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, lovers, not lovers of good, treacherous, rash, deceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Having a form of godliness but denying its power. And that's something sometimes having a form of godliness. I think some people can come across really looking, walking the path, but not necessarily in their hearts. And I think the reason I need to bring this forth today is that we all need to seek inside. We all need to go in. We need to see what's in there and see if there's anything that needs purging. Okay? And the same uh, verse in Daniel 12 where we're told that knowledge will increase and people will run to and fro, it also does say that his people will be delivered and that they'll shine like the stars forever. And every single verse where there's something that says this awful thing is going to happen, this terrible thing is going to happen, the next thing says he will take care of his people. And I think we need to know about that. There's a, we're in a time where there's a lot of survivalist information going around. A lot of people are trying to do what they can to try to protect what we have. Some are collecting gold and silver. Some are collecting goods. Some people are stashing away water. Now, do I think that's bad? Well, I think if you know the snowstorm's coming and you go out and buy your eggs and bread and (laughs) whatever you're gonna get and you have what you need, I think that's a good thing. I think he said, be good stewards. And I don't see anything wrong in doing what we're doing. In the same token, I think the time comes when we see all these people that are in earthquakes. They're in floods. They're in fires. Their homes are gone. There's nothing left. And they have nothing to hang on to. It may be that their family is dead. Their friends are dead. It could be that people have turned against them. Nobody's there to give... There's a crisis right now with people donating things. People have been donating to crisis victims, sending teddy bears, sending all this kind of stuff, and they're finding that there's garbage heaps of junk because it's things that people don't need. So I'm going to urge you, if you're donating to a cause, send the money. They know what to do with, with the money to get the things that people need to get them water, to get them food. When we're sending all things that we think in our hearts are good because it's something that maybe we feel we need to send, it isn't necessarily. Okay, so sending cash is probably the best way to help someone. Um, let's see. Oh, this, there's a, something that always touched my heart. We were, in um, Revelation 3, John talks about us being lukewarm. And there are all letters that are sent to the churches. And the churches symbolize different portions of history. And we're in the portion of Laodicea. And God says, you're not hot and you're not cold. And I wish you were either hot or cold. But being lukewarm, I will spit you out of my mouth. And I thought of that verse a lot. And I thought, yeah, you know, it's not good to be wishy-washy. But we kind of, you know, we try and we... You know, we're, I think we all are there sometimes. We're kind of wishy-washy. But God came to me and talked to me about this in the bathroom, okay? You know, we, we talk about a lot of strange things here at Mishkan. Okay, so I'm in the bathroom going to do my business, and I go to move my bowels, and a little bit comes out, and the rest decides it's not going anywhere. Anybody experience? Okay. <laughs> That's lukewarm to me, that's what God is saying it's like. You're uncomfortable. You're not going to move. It's like it's like trying to pull a donkey uphill, okay? It's saying, yeah, I'm going to come with you, and then it's like, nah, I changed my mind, okay? God wants someone who's going to stand with him, and that isn't going to need a bunch of laxatives to get you out of the where you need to go, okay? <laughs> so I think that's a way of looking at lukewarm and knowing that we have to be gung-ho. We have to be all there, not partially there. Okay. Um, in the same verse where he's talking about being lukewarm, he says, I stand at the door and knock. If any man lets me in, he will come and be with me. And that'll continue in paradise. So we have a lot to learn there. He's not shutting the door on us. He's not Condemning us and sending all these plagues, saying, "You know, you're a bunch of rotten people." He's saying, "Wake up! Wake up and smell the coffee here. Let's see who's going to come with me. Who's going to be real and who's going to take a stand?" And that's what he's trying to do. So, when you start reading about the end of the world, you get reading Revelations 5, and it gets pretty scary. You're reading about the um, the seals being opened, the trumpets being blown talks about all kinds of tribulations coming on the earth. It says that there'll be stars that will be falling from heaven. And now they're saying that there's a star that's headed toward earth. So it sounds very real. Very real. I think we are right at the door. Okay? Things will be happening very much like in Egypt. So we need to be ready. Now they say that some of the Egyptians said, why are you taking, out in, taking us out into the desert? Well, we can stay here. Yeah, we have to work hard, but we'll get some food. Why are you taking us there? We need to be willing to go that step and keep on going because he'll take care of us. So he's waiting to cleanse. He's cleansing the earth. He wants us to repent. He wants us to make teshuva, to change, to really aim our hearts with him, to want to trust in him, and to know that nobody, nothing is going to help us but our God. He's the only one that can save us. So what I'd like to challenge each one of you right now is being in this time of the end, I'd like you to consider that we are the Mishkan David. David wrote the Psalms. I think for us to be ready to be there when the time comes, we need to claim those promises now. We need to hang on to them. We need to know them in our heart. We need to know them in our minds. And I'd like to challenge each of you to learn a Psalm or two or however many you can learn. Because in that time, when you're claiming that promise, it's going to make a difference in your life. And so I have a couple I'd like to read. One is Psalm 91, 3 and 4. For he will rescue you from the hunter's trap and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness is body, armor, and shield. Now, my... um. Bad mitzvah name is again, shield. He is my shield, and he is your shield, okay? He's your body armor. He's your protection, okay? There's another one that, Psalm 91, verse 5, you will not fear the terror by night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the plague that stalks in darkness, nor the scourge that lies waste at noon. A thousand will fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand, but it will not come near you. We need to claim these promises. There's another one that is very close to my heart, and I'd like to speak it in Hebrew because we all know the power of the Hebrew language. And it goes like this. It's, It's, <speaking> It's, <in Hebrew> Ine loyanum, veloishan, Shamar Israel. Adonai Shomreka, Adonai Tilka, Eliadi Amineka. Yomam Hashemish, loya kika, viarea belila. Adonai shmorka, mikura, ish mor et nef shikha. Adonai uvueka, meata ve adulam. And what it means is I will lift mine eyes up to the hills. If you know it, say it with me. From whence comes my help? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not allow your foot to be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve you from all evil. He shall preserve your soul. The Lord shall preserve your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. Father in heaven, we pray that you will protect us, that you will guide us as we trust in you. Amen.